Hi and welcome to the Beyond Being Well podcast. I'm Meg and it's been a long time since I have recorded an episode. So I'm really excited to be sitting down and chatting with you today because I feel like in the last few months I kind of haven't been in a place where I've been in a position to kind of share stuff with you guys just because of my own energy levels and finally I'm coming into a season and a cycle where I really kind of am re-inspired by what I'm doing and um, really connected with the why that I'm doing it and that is to really help women connect with each other and themselves um, and to help them grow in whatever way that looks like. So I think today I'm going to be sharing like just a really few quick tips around um, fatigue and how to get more energy with ease and energy is one of the biggest things that kind of women that I work with come to me um, to get help with like how do I get more energy or how do I feel less tired and something that I'm really passionate about is teaching women to work with their kind of symptoms and the fatigue rather than constantly fighting against it and so this podcast episode I'm going to share my five kind of tips around um, gaining more energy with ease and I'm really into this work again because in September I'm running a retreat with my Fran Tamsin, who's a naturopath and a nutritionist, and we're running a retreat in Central Victoria called Energy with Ease, and it's really kind of the ultimate wellness retreat that we would love to go on. So we're going to be doing yoga and mindfulness and talking about herbs and food. We're going to be taking walks in nature and napping, um, but we're going to be really having the intention that this is a wellness retreat for every woman and everybody. Um, and I'm so excited about it because it's bringing together my passion for really beautiful food and hospitality um, at the retreat venue where we're holding it, which is just an hour outside Melbourne, um, as well as Tanzan's passion for herbs and nutrition. And we're going to be sharing kind of how to get more energy with less stress, that it doesn't have to be this really difficult thing that you have to spend a lot of time and money doing, that in fact the woman's energy body um, is really unique and really particular. And that when we learn, like when we come to understand the women's specific body and our mind and souls, which we're not really taught how to interpret or how to work with, then we can let go of a lot of the kind of traditional wellness stuff and really hone in on the areas that align with our values. And so we're going to be exploring like all of these amazing tools around connection and compassion. We're going to be like taking long walks in nature. We're going to be sipping herbal teas. We're going to be sitting around the fire in circle. We're going to be eating beautiful food and wine and cheese. And we're going to be laughing a lot. So if that's something that sounds like up your alley, we would love to have you. Um, and payment plans are only available for the next couple of weeks. So go to beyondbeingwell.com, click on the events tab, and all the info is there. So let's talk about energy and these five tips that I have to share with you today. So I read this really beautiful 
that was just me dropping my phone. I read this really beautiful quote on um, Instagram the other day, and it really sums up this first tip. So the quote is, you often feel tired, not because you've done too much, but because you've done too little of what sparks the light in you. And certainly when I look back of periods of chronic fatigue or adrenal fatigue in my life, it's really been a case of me exerting a lot of energy um, into things that didn't align with my values, leaving me really kind of replete or really depleted. Um, We need as women to be engaged in a kind of creative conversation in that we need to get back things from what we're putting energy into. So often I see, you know, very career driven women and I've been one myself and still am in a lot of ways kind of pouring their energy into proving themselves in the workplace when perhaps maybe their values have started to shift towards um, relationships or family um, or simply what they're doing doesn't necessarily align with their values anymore. And so we start to work with fatigue not as like, how do I get rid of it? How do I fight it? We start to work with fatigue in terms of what is she telling me? Like, what is my body trying to get me to understand and acknowledge? And so, so often this question around alignment with values and what we're actually spending our energy on and who we're spending it on is such a huge part of the equation. Like I just can't emphasize this enough. So when we listen to the fatigue and we turn inwards instead of kind of trying to find a solution or a fix that's outside of us, we start to see her not as an enemy, but as a really beautiful guidance kind of tool that we have that fatigue is some kind of our body sending some kind of signal that on a physical, emotional, spiritual, or mental level, something isn't in alignment. And so my recommendation for any of this work and something we'll be doing on retreat first up is really coming back to discovering your values and getting clear on how that may have shifted. So I recently did this again, probably 12 months after I did it last time in a course that I'm doing at the moment. And I was so shocked because I've been feeling this really big shift happening like internally and I've been fighting it and resisting it. And um, so family didn't used to actually be my top values, as in that doesn't mean that I don't spend time on it or that I don't value my family. But 12 months ago, I was putting energy into my family through some of the other values that I had around wellness and around um, hospitality and around food and around relationships and connection and so forth. So family as a value wasn't really in my top three values 12 months ago and in the last 12 months as I've kind of done a lot more feminine reawakening um, I've been finding myself really drawn kind of within the four walls of my house and um, doing things like organizing the Tupperware cupboard and kind of that transition from maiden to mother um, as I prepare to become a mother again and you don't need to have children to be a mother you can put mothering creative energy into anything but I've been really drawn to nurture that kind of mothering energy even with my animals with relationships and so family has come into my top values and it is actually my top value now and that's in the relationships I have with my extended family um, and stuff going on with them as well so 
it, it's caused me a lot of pain because I didn't turn around and kind of examine my re-examine my values and so I kept being like why aren't I spending time on work and why aren't I spending time doing all of these other things and it was because we always spend time and invest money and fill our space with things that reflect our highest values and sometimes that's a really hard conversation to have with ourselves and it's a truthful conversation that we need to have with ourselves to get really clear on hey I am living in alignment with my highest values but that might not be in alignment with what I think I should be doing or what I think my values should be which are usually kind of values that we've adopted from society or someone else. So I used to think that I had a really high value on wellness, but actually my value is on personal growth and on transformation. And I love seeing people transform, societies transform. I love seeing lives transform. You know, it's why I watch all of those kind of shows on Netflix because wellness is one part of that but actually what I'm interested in is that kind of journey that individual collective journey that we're all going on to be better and to do better and that's what really lights me up in terms of my values so long way of saying how the f do I get clear on my values some of the questions that you might want to be asking yourself is kind of where do you spend your energy now what are you spending your time on Where are you expending a lot of energy? Where do you spend your money? How do you fill your space? Where do you find that you're the most order, that sorry, organized or disciplined? What do you think about a lot of the time? So, you know, recently having a um, toddler, I think about parenting a lot because I'm kind of learning that and that reflects my value on on parenting and family. And so what you think about a lot can kind of reflect where your values may lie as well. Um, What do you talk about in social settings? What brings you out of your shell and what inspires you? And then looking back at your life, what are some of the kind of consistent things that you've always come back to working on? So you may think that like something that you've always had a goal around but never achieved is a value but really carefully pick that apart because if you've never achieved it you've never dedicated time to it perhaps it's a value that you're clinging on to that you think you should have but is actually not reflective of where you are right now um you can do lots of quizzes online john d martini's quiz around values is excellent as well but once you get really clear on your values you'll be able to see what is in alignment which is sometimes like something that reframes things that you're not enjoying doing and and the things that drain you or you can begin to see where you're expending energy that's not in alignment with those values and that can and letting go of things that you thought you should be doing or that you thought were really important to you can be a huge shift in just freeing up some energy in your body and in your mind space and freeing up some kind of creative energy to come back in to work towards your values. So this first tip is to really start this conversation around fatigue of what is she telling me? This is not an enemy. I don't want to fight this. And then what is in alignment in my life and what isn't? And what what are my core values? So I hope that makes sense. The second question, sorry, the second tip 
Um, and this is something that I find so much resistance to in myself, but also um, with the women that I work with, is that there's no two ways around it that, you know, a lot of the time with physical fatigue and where there's physical fatigue, that's really like at the end of the day you've had quite a physical day like you might have been working outside in the garden or you might have gone for a walk with a friend and you fall into bed and you fall asleep that kind of fatigue is like really useful for humans that we need to be able to rest and so so often we interpret fatigue from this very masculine standpoint of I need to have energy and I need to have abundant energy like 99% of the time and if I'm tired there's something wrong and I need to fix it so hopefully in the first point, I kind of address that, that we really look at our fatigue as a friend. Um, but the second tip is just to rest, because if you're feeling fatigued, there is some part of your body or your mind or your, or your soul that really is asking for you to take some TLC um, and to yourself and to rest, to simply rest. So our bodies are really finely tuned instruments and the more we can connect with them and trust them that the messages they're sending us are correct and that we're listening and acknowledging those messages the more we're going to create this beautiful relationship wherein you don't have to get to like adrenal fatigue to to stop and slow down that actually you interpret the signal way way back when you start getting it you address this values question you take some time out you restore yourself and then you come back to to giving it a crack again but we're just especially women not designed to go a hundred miles an hour all the time and we need to rest and we need all sorts of rest so we need physical rest deeply nourishing sleep and like I'm not going to bang on about sleep hygiene because every other person talks about that we need um, emotional rest and that actually requires emotional acknowledgement and space for sitting and allowing emotions to come through and I'll talk more about that in a minute Um, and we need mental rest so we need to learn tools like mindfulness or meditation or nature therapy to disconnect um, ourselves from the rumination and the constant stream of engaging with thoughts mainly negative ones that can drain our physical and emotional and mental energy all at once so the second tip is just to rest and this morning um, I've had a cold all week from something delightful that I got from daycare and I um, really resisted resting because I feel like I'm in this stage of my business where I really need to make things happen, doing a big shift in my business and and trying to launch something before um, or just after the baby comes in December. And I knew that I had to kind of take the morning off and, and not do anything in order to get energy to be able to do this podcast and to do some other work this afternoon. And so I literally didn't sit down at my desk until about one o'clock this afternoon. Um, I had a bath and did a face mask and I acknowledge not everyone has the time to do that, but everyone has the capacity to understand the message that the body or the mind is sending and to acknowledge and make room for more rest, whether it's just one night of like going to bed 
earlier and just getting some fuel in the tank to be able to keep going. The third tip and kind of related to that and something that I'm really super passionate about teaching is uh, the importance of working with seasons and cycles and much in the vein of this we're not fighting this energy but we're working with it it's really important to acknowledge that there are times in the year times in the month times in the week and times in the day when our energy is going to be naturally more um, lower and we're not going to be filled with kind of that constant creative energy so often we want energy and without really thinking of like why and what do I want to spend it on I just want more energy and usually it comes down to uh, because I don't like the feeling of not having energy so it's a real discomfort with any kind of negative perceived bodily sensation or emotion which is kind of conditioned or it's um, I want to be more productive at work and it's this idea that if I can just fix my energy everything else in life will be okay because I'll be able to take more on And hopefully in the first point, I was able to articulate to you well enough that it's really about discernment in how we spend that energy that's important and why we we want energy. So working with seasons and cycles is really a tip around acceptance um, of our physical, mental and emotional limitations. Perhaps in some cases, like my own, it's been a huge journey of coming to terms with my sensitivity um, to things and how things fatigue me more than I perceive they fatigue others. And it might be coming to terms with the fact that right now you're in a winter cycle, whether it's not actually winter, but your life is kind of in a winter cycle that relationships or things are coming to an end. And you're needing to spend some time going into that hibernation to grieve and to let go and to kind of restore and replenish. It's this real conversation around acceptance and not denial anymore around that we're robots and that we can behave the same and be the same every single day of our lives. The women's hormonal system, regardless of whether you are bleeding or have a cycle, um, or not is really finely tuned and stress hormones affect our sex hormones and vice versa and so on every given day of our monthly cycle and if you're not cycling you might be finding some correlation between your mood um, your fatigue levels and the moon and which I'm really happy to share more about for anyone that would like that information Um, you'll be finding that some days of that month you're really high in energy and that's around you know ovulation or the full moon and some days of the month you're really really low in energy anxiety is high um, maybe kind of depression is high and so the more we learn to kind of again stop looking externally for the fix and start looking inwardly at the fix Um, or acknowledging that perhaps there is no fix that if your diet is really good and you're sleeping well and your values are in alignment that naturally your energy is going to ebb and flow you can come to a lot of peace um, and you can buffer around those weeks or those months or those times of the year like winter when our energy is lower and so we wouldn't expect ourselves while we're bleeding while there's no moon or during winter to want to be really social 
But in summer, we do. We're more naturally extroverted. We want to go outside. We want to be with people. And so we start to kind of cycle sync our lives. And for women, it's really, really important in a world that is very masculine and has been set up on the masculine energy system, where in the morning testosterone is high and in the evening it's low and it repeats itself kind of as a circadian rhythm does day in, day, uh, day, in, day out. So to start working with seasons and cycles, what I recommend is that you just spend a month journaling um, according to your menstrual cycle or the moon, your mood and your energy levels daily can just be one line. And notice if you can find a pattern perhaps over a couple of months of where you you notice your energy is consistently high or low or your mood is consistently high or low. And start to work with this as a way of planning out your weeks and your months. And similarly with the seasons, like I don't teach a lot in um, winter, I teach a lot in um, spring and summer because my, my energy is naturally higher. Also, um, so Claire Baker's work is excellent in cycle syncing. Elisa Viti um, has done some amazing work around the energetics of the cycle and where our superpowers are. So, for example, during um, autumn or the luteal phase of our menstrual cycle, we're much more evaluative and analytical and so we're able to make decisions quite well or, or do kind of lessons learned stuff during that week. During ovulation, we're great at communicating and that's the full moon or summer. Um, and yeah, and during winter, we have a really amazing ability um, to be intuitive and to kind of see inward. So my third tip is to work with seasons and cycles and bring in an element of acceptance around the, the limitations, but they're not limitations. You know, that's a, that's a, a false economy to use that word, I guess, to see them as gifts. Like winter has gifts and being sensitive has gifts. And the more that we learn to accept kind of who we are and, um, and how we thrive, and what we need in terms of boundaries to do that, then the more kind of ease we're going to find and the more energy we're going to find because we're not fighting against ourselves all the time. We're not fighting against our bodies, fighting against the world, fighting against life. There's more ease there. And for me, you know, this realization that the people that I'm comparing my energy levels with like don't actually exist they're unicorns, you know, like I, I've made up these people in my head who have energy beyond what I have. And A, it's not acknowledging that we're all different, but B, it's kind of a fantasy. And so part of all my work is really encouraging women to have deep, honest, vulnerable conversations like these ones where we all get to be like, hey, I really struggle. I get really tired too. And I get mentally tired and I beat myself up and you know, this connective thing is really energizing because suddenly brings in the acceptance, it brings in the compassion and forgiveness, and it brings in um, kind of feel-good hormones, to be honest, connecting with people in that way. It actually releases dopamine and oxytocin, which make us feel naturally higher in energy anyway. Um, it's why I'm shifting my business away from one-on-one -on -one coaching 
to run more retreats and experiences and to start working a lot more in that space because in my own journey I've gone from wellness being a like a really kind of individual pursuit which didn't work for me to actually I have a, a zone of genius where I can bring people together and I think it's really important that um, like women's circles and safe spaces are available regularly you know and whether that's doing amazing experiences together or simply sitting around and having a cup of tea where we get to express our truth and be seen I remember when I was at my most fatigued it was a time in my life uh, in my late 20s when I'd kind of spent and the 20s is kind of like this 10 years putting on this facade of who I was and who I thought I should be which was adopted from all the things people had told me or the cues I'd taken from society and keeping that mask on firmly attached was so exhausting because it wasn't reflective of who I was and I can't um say enough spiritually how exhausting it is and how much energy it takes to kind of keep in place this idea of who you thought you should be simply out of fear for turning around and acknowledging that perhaps you've moved or you've shifted or you've transitioned or you've grown you know there's this huge perception I work a lot with women in the career change space there's this perception that like if I leave my career or I change jobs then I'm admitting failure and that's such a masculine way of perceiving it you know why can't we grow why can't we evolve why can't why isn't that celebrated why isn't listening to your truth and valuing your intuition something that we really really kind of celebrate and lift women up for because otherwise we get stuck in this corner and it's really really hard to get out of when we're too scared or there aren't safe places for us to turn around and be like hang on a second something isn't working something's shifted like what is that okay the fourth tip is to move the body and I don't mean like go for a run or necessarily even go to a yoga class although that will help I think um, fatigue is in the traditional Chinese medicine terms is usually and stress also is a, is a result of stagnation of energy or chi or life force in the body and so when we're fatigued it seems so counterintuitive to move your body because you're like I've got no energy to move but moving can create some flow in the body and if that's all the conceptual principle you need to be able to encourage you that when you're tired before you kind of go and lie down if you could just move your body simply by rolling your shoulders and taking a deep breath you might find that just releases some stress allows some um, life force or energy to flow again and just frees up a tiny pocket of energy and so in all my workshops and with women I'm always asking them to breathe constantly it's like a reminder to like, don't forget to breathe because we've been kind of taught to breathe really shallowly and it keeps us in that fight or flight state which exhausts our adrenals exhausts our um, stress hormones and it's really not necessary to be in that state all the time so the more we can diaphragmatically breathe and stimulate the vagus nerve and move our bodies even if it's just getting up um, for 10 minutes. I read this crazy stat the other day and I'm going to um, probably 
mess it up when I say it, but it it was something like 10 minutes of movement um, can reverse like six hours of stagnation in terms of cardiovascular health. As in, if you move for 10 minutes, you're going to undo the impacts of sitting for six hours in terms of heart health. And I'm always just like, the more you can get into your body, whether that's just by like what I'm doing now, which is stretching out my arms, it's just this reminder again to get out of the head, out of the rumination, out of this worrying state, which isn't actually fixing anything. It's just kind of stimulating the fight or flight response even more back into our bodies. And in that place, we're more intuitive, we're more creative, we're so much more able to respond to the stresses as they arise, as opposed to kind of waiting hypervigilant for something to come up. So a lot of um, women, but myself as well, like really struggle to find a consistent routine with movement. And that's because we're very good at valuing uh, other people's expectations of us and not so good at meeting our own expectations of ourselves and so for me paying money and scheduling movement into my calendar is the only way that I am able to do it kind of every day and even like today I I did some stretches this morning but I haven't made for my walk yet so it's really kind of vital when we're fatigued to to embrace that as a signal that hey my body just needs some attention here like I need to reconnect with her in some way she's asking for some kind of acknowledgement that I'm still here because we get so stuck in our heads and just being in that body-based place is so much more um, easy and we get that sense of energy with ease by trying to remain in that body-based state so yeah I hope that makes sense just moving and breathing Uh, it's a feminine way of kind of encouraging energy with ease without going all I need to do boot camp every day because when your adrenals are already stressed there's a lot of stress hormones in the body doing really high intensity workouts isn't going to be the most nourishing to your body intuitively like you know what your body's asking for it's just about making the space to connect with her and ask her what that is like on a daily basis because as I said it'll change every single day Um, And I really give you the invitation here to let go of what you think it should look like and really trust your own instinct and develop a ritual or practice that works for you. Um, And let go of all that hashtag wellness bullshit that's out there because all that she's asking for is um, some time and some loving care. And if you provide that, you're going to be naturally rewarded with energy. Uh, So lastly, um, the last tip is around self-compassion. And it's something that I'm really, really passionate about working with because I spent a good proportion of my life kind of hating myself, Um, not in an overt way, in like a self-harm way or even, uh, yeah, in kind of a way that anyone might see. I'm very functional on the outside but the negative self-talk that I've kind of engaged in um, coming from a belief that I there was something kind of fundamentally wrong with me or that I wasn't good enough 
has really exhausted a lot of energy from my body. And even now I have to be very careful when something isn't going right in my life, which equals just I'm feeling a negative in inverted commas emotion that I don't spiral into that place of kind of uh, beating up on myself when I'm already feeling a little sore. So I often say that we spend so much energy, mental energy, trying to fix problems which are essentially emotional in nature. And because we place such a high value in society on intellectual um, pursuits and solving things intellectually, we've kind of lost the capacity to experience uh, emotion that we find uncomfortable. When it's that very emotion, um, when not dealt with and not acknowledged, can lead to a lot of physical discomfort and fatigue as well because you think about um, holding a beach ball under the sea it takes an enormous amount of energy um, and eventually it's going to pop up um, in a in a place that you're not expecting so the practice is really around holding space for all emotion and it's something that takes me a long time to teach women and it's taken me a long time to teach myself because we're so unaccustomed to sitting with discomfort or acknowledging emotions that simply are energy in motion and they're just looking for a path through the body, which is where movement is really important as well. Um, but it takes a lot of compassion to feel something and to... Um, to hold it in reverence even when it feels a little bit yucky and that's where the work of self-compassion so uh, Kristen Neff's book and her work and there's a lot of meditations which I share regularly with clients uh, is really really vital for kind of all women I think because the context is so brutal on us and no matter how much self-compassion work we do there's always room for more because as soon as we finish our practice and then we go back into the world we're kind of bombarded with these messages that we're not enough and that beating ourselves up is a way to get anywhere including to get more energy um, when I've never ever met a woman who has successfully sustainably garnered more vitality and energy from beating herself up because if you think about it logically beating ourselves up internally creates thought patterns and stresses in the body which lead to the activation of the fight or flight response and the release of stress hormones which over time leads us to be more tired as we run out of them so it makes no sense that beating ourselves up for not exercising or any other billion reasons why we do every day is going to yield any sustainable result on any front and so forgiveness and self-compassion finding place to sit and acknowledge emotion and allow it a path through the body no matter how uncomfortable it is it's really really important when you're feeling tired because so much tiredness and this is where you get into these kind of uh, like midlife crises like spiritual awakenings whatever you want to call them I feel like I've had a lot <laughs> um, is usually just like a, a massive release of emotion um, and it's why I am so much more comfortable with being vulnerable 
to you guys and within my life and I'm so much more comfortable crying and expressing emotion when it arises because to express emotion and this is one of the key tenets of self-compassion is to be human and we all experience suffering and it makes us deeply human and I would rather be human than have dead person goals and have no discomfort in my life um so there's a meditation on my website a free one around difficult emotions you can find it on my blog um there's an excellent one on youtube by courtney prosser if you google meditation for acceptance i love that meditation it's just 10 minutes long happy to share more resources if this self-compassion work is like something that you listen to and you're like yes that's why i'm so fucking exhausted all the time because i'm constantly beating myself up and walking on a knife edge um, can be really, really tiring. So that is all I wanted to say today, my loves. It's just a quick kind of check-in to see where you're at in your relationship with yourself and your fatigue and to give you some gentle reminders around that getting more energy is not something that you need to go out and do more of anything. That more energy is so much about letting go, accepting, forgiving, being compassionate and freeing up this really important vital energy that is waiting for you to use in a creative way in life because that's what we're here to do we're not here to expend all of that energy like beating ourselves up or worrying about what we said or worrying about our bodies like it's just such a waste of this precious resource that we've been given and I know that you all have dreams and hopes and ambitions that you want to fulfill and you have a lot of love to give to others and to do that you need a little TLC Um, And you need some rest and some, you know, acceptance around what season and cycle you're in and just some gentle movement and breath. And then this um, work around getting clear on your values and self-compassion. And I think that that's really going to set you up to start bringing in more energy with ease um, and realizing that, hey, we don't all feel energized 100% of the time and that's human and that's totally okay as well. So let me know what you've thought about this podcast. I would love to hear from you. I'm always like just hanging out, waiting for someone to like hit up my inbox and have a chat. Not in a like, I'm going to sell you something way, but in a like, you know, let's have a vulnerable conversation about what's going on for you. And I'll share my vulnerability too. And together we can start creating this world that's a little bit more compassionate, a little bit more open, a little bit more loving and uh, to see what we can do with all that potential that's freed up. So sending you lots of love today. Have a wonderful one. Chat soon. Bye.